0: Hey everybody. How you doing? Hey hey, week thirteen, David Hall.
1: Better known as Build Week. All
0: right. Donnie Spiker.
2: Hello everyone. How are you?
0: Real good. Greg Hectus. What's up, everybody? Hey hey, and Steve Thompson.
3: Hey, welcome everybody. Come on in and take a seat in the lounge right there next to Mike Ellis. But don't sit on his lap, sit next to him.
0: Well maybe. It's week 13 and we will be diving deep into all the new and exciting content from iRacing. We'll check out some highlights from the Sim Racing Expo held last week in Germany, and we see our first reviews of the new SimiCube Active Pedals. All this and much, much more on this week's iRacers Lounge podcast.
4: And remember, you can follow along with us in re- real-time on your PC or mobile device as you listen to the show and see for yourself all these great topics and products we'll discuss by visiting irisherslounge.com and selecting show notes. So let's see you there.
2: Are you tired of your pedals feeling like a video game? You want to step up to feeling like you're actually driving? We designed our P1 Pro pedals to feel exactly like a real car, giving you a better feeling when you're driving. Push braking zones to the limit and avoid locking up by having a finer feel of the limit. Trail break into the corner smoother, allowing you to carry more speed. Our P1 Pro pedals will be the last set of pedals you ever purchase for your SIM. Lifetime warranty is included. That means if you ever have run into issues, we'll service them and keep them perfect. <music>
1: This light light topic day we're gonna kick it off just with a little bit just a tiny bit of discussion about the sim racing expo uh,
0: holy cow I was off work and I got to watch some of the several people who put up videos of the sim racing expo so I took some note collected some links and uh, let's go over those um, it looked like fun they were pumping DJ music at one point at the fanatic booth, uh, they were given the mic to the guy, a gamer muscle from YouTube, and he's yelling and you know trying to get everyone pumped up. It looked like fun. Uh, there wasn't a lot of people there on the Friday video I saw. Uh, apparently, Saturday they had a bigger crowd. Um, it, it was a big show. It was a big facility. They easily could have supported another 10,000 people or so. They had big booths, lots of space. Um, anyway, it looked like they needed more people. Um, out of all the wheels that were shown, I mean, the one that really jumped out at me was, and we've seen it before the P one SIM wheel with a vertical display. And it just looks freaking awesome. You know, when people were handling it and whatnot. And then also we got a sneak peek uh, from Asher wheels, uh, who just announced their V3 last week. Um, they have a McLaren version coming uh, this next year. Uh, three different ones. Uh, one with the display, all branded uh, by uh, with McLaren in the middle. So who knows how much those will cost? And then the big news, I think, was Track Racer. I mean, what a great company! Um, they they're going to be doing all kinds of stuff. They're going to be doing load cell pedals with haptic. They're also doing their own butt kicker style transducer with amp. Um, they're also doing a formula wheel as well. They're going to do everything. Um, that guy actually rumored that this event might move from Europe to Canada next year, but I never saw anything else to corroborate corroborate that. Um, the guy from the overtake, uh, GG, he loved, loved those semi-cube pedals, the active ones. He said, they're so cool and would are definitely worth the 6k. That was the first impression I saw, uh, and then there was an interview with Thomas, the CEO from Fanatec, who actually brought his own supercar and his own F1 Toro Rosso Sebastian Vettel winning Monza car. He owns it, apparently, and has driven it. Uh, he gave a lot of vague answers and you know, described his 2022 as a year that they didn't release a single new product. Um, very vague on the uh, quick release, too, that, we did see in action in action uh, there at the at the uh, event, but no idea when it's going to be released or what the price would be. Uh, final note: uh, Cube Controls had the GT version of their new wheel coming as well. Wow, that's a mouthful, huh?
2: Yeah, Mike. Back on that McLaren wheel, I wasn't sure looking at their Instagram post if that from Asher if that wasn't like the wheel and build stages uh was it announced that they'll have um the four different models of that same wheel
0: well it seems so they had a mock-up of each one there and um no release date it is said later next year and no price either
2: i'm typically not a fan of the branded wheels just because they're you know they're very specific but those did look uh like they're really well built
0: You know, McLaren wouldn't put their name on them if they weren't. And, and, you know, Asher Racing, remember, that was my top two in my uh, pick for wheels. And it was almost, I almost bought an Asher wheel, and I still would today. But if I was buying one, I'd almost hold out for that McLaren.
1: So one highlight we didn't hit was that uh, Tony Kanaan actually got to test out the BMW before it was even released, uh, the LMDH GTP car. Was
2: this our first confirmation that it was coming?
1: no I think we
0: knew it was coming we had BMW last week uh put out a a paint you know what it was going to the paint was going to look like but anyway yeah this is the first time somebody's tried it in the wild and it was available at the Fanatec booth on they had about 15 different rigs and uh, everybody there could just you know take a turn and try it and so here's a picture of Tony doing it as well
1: this is before the uh special events calendar or the patch notes were released though I do believe, which is about, yeah, absolutely, which is about a day later. So this, a, this was the first time we saw that it was coming with the release instead of after the release.
0: Yep, and uh, yeah, so the Sim Racing Expo it was fun, and um, we'll we'll de- dive deeper into some of the hardware that was seen there. Um, one thing I forgot to mention was Cube Controls is doing their Mercedes uh, wheels. And we do have some pictures of that here in the script as well, and those are nice. Uh, they said they call the Mercedes AMG Sim Racing GT steering wheels.
1: Not enough. Buttons. I think
0: I still like I like the McLaren over the Mercedes any day though.
1: Well, I guess we're ready to start talking build then, yeah. And the first thing we got is a bunch of pre-build teasers, including a uh, a drop of the course Magni core. I don't know if you pronounce the S or not. You usually don't in French, but I've heard so many people say Coors that I'm not sure if it's pronounced or not.
3: Is that because Coors. they're all uh, NASCAR oval racers?
1: yeah, they're impossible. thinking
0: Coors, Golden, Colorado.
1: So do we fresh
0: stream water?
1: Was this a surprise for us? Uh we had talked about it last week. We just noticed it on yeah. uh, We noticed it on one of the pictures. Was it of the BMW?
0: No, BMW. the Toyota.
1: Oh yeah, the Toyota.
0: Yeah, I was in the background, but now we got actual pictures of it and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, they put out this was all before the
4: build, of course.
1: Wasn't one of us really excited about this dirt track.
4: Yeah, that would uh, that would be me, David. Um, the next thing that uh, they posted was a tweet, a Twitter um, picture of the next dirt, next dirt track that's coming to iRacing, and here uh, we figured out that it was Lincoln Speedway. It's a three-eighths-mile uh, dirt track in Abbottstown, Pennsylvania, which is uh, about half hour from my house.
0: And if you see in the background, I do anyway, uh, in these pictures, Brian, the rolling hills with the heavy trees. And that's really what that part of your state is all about, you know.
4: Yeah, it's, it's pretty accurate. Um, I'll, I can get into it later, but, um, I, I was, uh, I've been to this track many, many times. So, um, and, uh, for the most part, it all ringed, uh, pretty realistic, um, from what I remember, even some of the houses on the, on the other side of the street looked great. So it was pretty, pretty cool that they, uh, did a really good job of representing, uh, what this track really looks like.
0: Where action is the attraction. They said.
2: And I saw a post last night about this track and the Lucas Oil dirt track having lights in real life, but not having it in iRacing Quaid or having it work. Um, I don't know. How long does it usually take for them to give us the full version of a track when they release it?
0: Well, you're jumping ahead, but yeah, and later in the script, uh, it looks like they took them one day. So the, I think they put out lights earlier today. Yeah. Or patch, two days. That would be two days.
1: Yeah. The patch was quite big. It was a gig by itself.
0: Anyway, uh, yeah, so the next one we had was a teaser was the uh, BMW Motorsport. We got a video of that hybrid. And, David, you've already driven it. you want to tell us real quick what you think of it?
1: You actually jumped past Sebring right before that. I'll I'll, I'll hit both. Oh, Sebring. Yeah, they did artwork update on Sebring. I haven't been on the track yet, but the Week 13 series that's featuring the fixed setup with the BMW is running there tonight. And so I'm probably I'm going to go run at least one race there after after editing the show. Um, And, yeah, the BMW is out. Uh, Are we going ahead and talking about these instead of waiting until we get into the actual release? The ones that were that were previewed?
0: Well, I mean, you can give your initial impressions here. I mean, I ran Sebring and I I thought it looked different. I mean, everything looks sharper, maybe brighter, um, more color. I don't know. It just looks a little different.
1: I think it's mostly signage and scenery updates. It's not nothing, no changes to the surface. Yeah. just is still nice. Nice to see. Yeah. The, the BMW is basically like the F4 as far as how the hybrid system works. Um, a little sad because I really liked how the, the 919 drove because it just it's something about it suited me. Um, I could always outrace my I rating in that car basically is the best way to put it um this one is it it's you can't manually boost it's all done by by computer ai that's supposedly just kind of studies how you drive the track and you you it's just like the the f1 car where you can switch modes four times per track so it has attack balanced uh qualify no deploy and build in basically five different modes um but as I've been getting more used to it, it's it's still fun to drive. Um, the other thing that makes it handle a little bit differently is because the boost you can't control when you boost, and the boost is in the rear wheels instead of the front wheels. It um, it's easier to get loose than the nine one nine was. Whenever the nine one nine would try to get loose, it, it just wouldn't because you were getting front wheel power and you are basically getting four wheel drive in the in the nine one nine, and you don't get that with this. Uh, But, yeah, it's out, and a lot of people have been running it.
0: Another fun car that is out is the Toyota GR86. I think the GR stands for Gazoo Racing. I saw that on one of the videos that they have here. But I raced this car and actually won the first race I ran in it, and it was a blast for a front-wheel car. Tried to do donuts in it and really couldn't. Uh, I figured, uh, somebody told me I had to turn off the traction control to be able to do it or something, but regardless, it was a fun, fun car. And I, this is going to be a great entry level car, much like the Mazda cup is, um, for anyone that's new to iRacing come in and rookie It's perfect for that because it's very forgiving. If you overdrive or underdrive, uh, you can recover very easily in that, in this car.
2: Was that on red red's Coggin, Mike, your race?
0: Yeah, Rudz Coggin, another free track. Uh, had a blast with it. Looks like
3: that series is taking over, too. They're, they're, I don't know if we're talking about that later, but the series is uh, changing from the Pontiac Soltis to this to this car, too.
0: That's right. This is basically replacing that Pontiac in and, and those kind of series. It's fun. Get out there and try it. So the other thing that's fun is the AI they've added for the new hybrid the BMW Ford Mustang Legend Ford coupe, Lotus 79, 87s, the NASCAR 87s, and the new Toyota GR86. I've uh, tried the 87s at Charlotte. Uh, all of them run the high line uh, in a row, and and nobody, none of them will go low, And which was completely different than the winter NIS, where everyone was running low and high. Um, but it was nice to get some practice before the actual race, uh, and and I'm really happy to have that NASCAR 87's AI. I think that's the big thing in the build for me.
4: Hey, did I miss something? It says in the suite that AI is, you know, these new cars for AI. It's like now you and your friends can compete against the AI. Are, are you able to race with other people against AI cars now? Because I don't In-hosted. remember that.
1: In-hosted, yes.
4: In-hosted, Okay.
0: You can uh, host up a room and and they have it where it fills AI in the remaining spots that are available, I think. Okay. I've done that before. I jump in a room thinking, wow, there's 50 people in here. And in reality, there was three people and 47 AIs.
4: Okay. But I guess it would still let people join or just kick out AI racers as more people join in, right?
0: There's a bunch of different ways you can set it up, I think. But, yeah, that's the idea.
4: Okay i'll have to try that out that's cool
0: another video they put out was the magni coors uh, track in france and then of course the new mercedes car was released Now i don't think we were really expecting this this soon uh, i mean the f1 season just finished um and boy here's the new car already i mean so my first question is are the actual F1 teams, besides Mercedes, looking at this, going, hmm, you know, getting ideas? Uh, are they already buying it and, and looking or getting, you know, why are they putting it out so early?
2: I'm just curious. Um, the The W12 was such a huge deal for the service, and it, it got a lot of publicity, and I don't know, it was, seems like it's such a big deal. This one, they just threw out there. So I'm not sure what the reasoning behind they didn't promote this really at all other than just telling us they're doing it but yeah i'm just curious what the? Um, i know people are buying it people are, are driving it but just curious on the longevity of these two cars
3: can you paint this car or is it still just whatever paint it cam comes with
1: you can't I assume paint it. you can't it doesn't show up on the list of my cars in uh, trading paints okay
0: so, yeah, this is one tweet, three pictures. That's the only publicity it's gotten. I, don't, I haven't seen anything for Mercedes either. So, yeah, you're right. It's been very low-key, Donnie.
2: Yeah, and as far as the other teams buying it, I'm almost certain if they have the service and they have the capabilities, they're going to buy it just to check it out, um, whatever they can gain from it. But, um, I don't know, it wasn't the best car on the track this year for the first time in forever. So, we'll see.
0: Maybe that's why. Well, speaking of trading paints, uh, Donnie, do we need to update all of our paints or not?
2: You know, this one made me super nervous. And I was talking to you about it a few weeks ago, Mike. Um, I painted all my cars for next year. I painted like 10 cars in different schemes. And then you're like, you got to hold off because you never know what they can update. And then we get this. So I got super nervous, but I didn't have to. All my schemes ran perfectly fine, luckily. But uh, for the 2023 Season 1 build, iRacing is adding a new shader to the sim that will allow you to add clear coat to your car for custom schemes. This new shader will allow you to put a clear shell over the existing paint scheme of the car with its own uh, specular qualities separate from the underlying material. This is meant to replicate automotive paint jobs where the underlying car paint is overlaid with an acrylic clear coat. So to answer your question, Mike, I, I've been running my schemes and practice sessions this week, and I'm not seeing anything different with them. And I hope I don't have to change anything because I don't know anything about that part.
1: I think you, if you've done, did you do any spec maps on your paints? Uh, Negative. I don't even know what that is. Okay. That's why if you don't have spec maps, you don't have to change anything. Okay. Um, If you do have spec maps and you want to look like you used to, it's real simple. You just fix the blue layer. So people who do spec maps will know that's right. It's the, it's a layer that didn't do anything yesterday or two days ago and it's it's the third layer uh on top of the metallic as well as the the flat versus uh reflect reflective i think or uh or smoothness the flat versus smoothness is is one layer and this is this is a third layer and so like on mine that we're using in winter series now if i want to i'm i am going to have to change it because it looks just a little bit duller as a result of the clear coat going on with that black That I have, so I'm I'm just going to turn around and and go back and change that blue layer to a a solid black color, which will make it no clear coat at all, because my flat my black is supposed to be a flat black.
2: Makes sense, and you're right. And there's an exchange here from a list, a and a a staffer. Um, The iRacer added this change one or asked a question. This change won't affect cars without spec maps. Just ones that have a spec map other than the default values. And he was asking the racing this, and they responded by, this is correct. If you don't have a custom spec map, you don't have to edit anything, which is good to know. But I did notice, if you guys look through your cars this week, did you notice some of the cars look damaged in the paint shop?
1: Uh, yeah. That
0: was a bug they fixed in the, in the patch.
2: Okay, good, good.
1: Well, it's interesting with that blue layer, just for the for the painters in there, like the values of zero through like 15 are no clear coat. And then at 16, I think it immediately jumps to f- full clear coat. And yeah. 255 is is super rough clear coat. I may have those two values backwards, but is, there's a weird, there's a sudden jump, where 0 to 15 is actually 0 clear coat. And then the other range is varying degrees of roughness on the clear coat itself.
0: Right. I read that, yes and uh our my team painter uh Bobby Jonas uh congratulations Bobby on getting a a different job he he's already working on next year's paints uh he he's shown us a preview yesterday of uh, what the base might look like
2: yeah i thought it'll look really good you're referring to the next gen car correct yeah
0: he he'll put up two versions one for me and then one for whoever else wants uh, one like Steve Allen usually runs it um Sometimes uh, some others do.
1: Well, we're still talking paints. We have Trading Paints of the Year going on. It's, uh, they're taking votes for the round one in the Paint of the Year contest, and they're also taking submissions for the Ugliest Paint Scheme as well.
2: You know, It's funny they say Ugliest Paint Scheme, but I'm looking at the one we have in the thread here, and you still have to have talent to make it look that ugly but look good at the same time. It's almost got like an ugly sweater theme to it.
0: Now, looking at the best uh, team paints, you know to vote on. Man, there, there's a lot of good choices here. Uh, the winners have already been picked here in round one, so you can go onto the page and and see who's won it, uh, and so on.
4: And uh, Dave, I made a little mistake. The uh, the the people doing the ugliest contest is not Trading Paints. It's a it's a it's a group called NASCAR Scasm. NASCAR Chasm, N-A-S-C-A-R-C-A-S-M. That's so a, uh, they're the ones who
1: are actually running that. That's a kind of a... Is that uh, still
4: part of Twitter Pates?
1: that's Pates? Twi- that's a guy that's always making fun of NASCAR, a basically. Parody. It's NASCAR yeah, sarcasm. and sarcasm.
4: Yeah. yeah, I got you. It's just hard to put it together sometimes, NASCAR Chasm. Um, they, they but hired yeah, him. he's the one on who's staff. doing that.
0: Yeah, he works for NASCAR, apparently.
2: Yeah, he actually gets... Got more attention at the track in Phoenix than a lot of uh, the lower-end drivers did, so it's kind of weird. Like nobody was yelling Todd Gilliland or Cody Ware's name, but this guy walked by. And people seem to know who he was.
0: Whoa, so there's 250 iRacing credits for first place,
2: as
1: long as you spend them within two years. So then you could afford. <laughs> <laughs> then Mike could afford to buy the BMW and spend that eight bucks.
0: That's right. So get on it. Get on the best trading uh, paints paint of the year or get on nascar chasms ugliest paint scheme contest now i'm not convinced that nascar chasm and the guy from trading paints aren't the same guy but maybe they're not they're not the same guy okay okay
2: who's that um, because the guy
0: from Brian Trading simpson, Paints right? is a nascar shill
2: by the
4: way
0: i forget his name
4: is it simpson i think it it's like
2: steve louvender or louvender or, Luvender
0: or steve louvender right something like that okay yeah
2: that's he the, writes yeah.
0: uh he actually writes articles for nascar on nascar.com sometimes so yeah steve you put this one in here raha goes to petty
3: yeah jamie little posted on twitter that uh, sim racer Raja karuth will be joining petty gms full-time next year so anyways he's uh He's gonna run full time in the uh, truck series next year, and there's a inter- another interesting article that I found. You guys, anybody that's uh, listening, um, can go to the uh, notes section here on the website. But there's an actual timeline from when he uh, started, went to his first race, and started i racing to uh, getting his. NASCAR ride here in the cup, in the truck series. So, um, hope he does good. He's, he's, uh, definitely a nice kid and he's got
0: a, he's got a lot of talent. All right. So uh, looking at the timeline, 2018, he races professionally online for the first time in the e NASCAR ignite series by 2019. He's signed with rev racing as the first NASCAR d- drive for diversity development driver.
2: Yeah, I like that he's getting a full time opportunity, at least in trucks, because is kind of like a crapshoot. You don't know what you're gonna run into there. So well, the truck series can be that way as well, especially if you're mid-pack. So and GMS being a good team in the truck series. This is uh it's pretty exciting.
0: Yeah, he's he the a crew pack. chief.
1: I just hope he doesn't catch a lot of the same crap that Haley and Natalie got uh with with uh just being disrespected because he's coming up a different way.
2: Uh he will, one hundred percent, but I try my best not to read that stuff, I guess, lack of a better word. I'll just take it for what it is and understand that these opportunities will exist for people. And, uh, I don't care. Still excites me.
3: Well, he had I some mean, starts it, last year in the, in the truck series and a couple, I mean, he had, he had some decent finishes and then I think he had one start or two starts in Xfinity series too last year.
4: The, yeah, he, the thing is he had a bad mistake at Pocono that one time
2: but he got out of the car and admitted to it came clean basically said it was his fault. And, uh, that was awesome to, to hear.
0: He's really good outside the car as as Donnie says, um, very respectful young man. Um, good for NASCAR, you know, NASCAR is looking for, you know, drive to diversity. Obviously they have a program and this guy is like, they're the perfect guy for it. So it's just neat to see that. Wow. I mean, inner inner kid city you know he goes into he goes to a nascar race for the first time then he jumps into i racing and not long after i mean he's in nascar i mean it, it really shot uh, up for him real quick he's got a lot of opportunities but now that he's in the big three i think he really needs to show hey i am a driver i can do this i can pull it off in the real truck um and so uh, we'll be watching him closely
4: yeah, I remember them talking about him on Door for Clear how how impressed they were with Raja as uh, being asking a lot of questions and just just being a sponge, just taking up as much uh, information as he can. It just goes to show you that you know he's there's there's a lot of depth to him. He's he's not in it just uh, um, just for show. He's 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 serious about it and he wants to learn and he wants to get better.
0: So. Who's the crew chief? Anybody know? Because that would probably make a difference on how well he's going to run. Yeah, I don't think they've announced that yet. But hopefully, they pick a veteran, you know, crew chief that's, you know, doing well in the truck series that can uh, mold this. You know, give, make sure he's got the right equipment. You know, like Donnie said, it's a crapshoot sometimes, uh, depending on what team you're with. But this is a good team. I mean, the NASCAR socials were playing up, you know, the association with Jimmy Johnson. And I think Jimmy put up a little video this week, you know, praising Raha, Raja.
3: And maybe they'll bring in uh, Bubba Wallace, his old crew chief that he had a couple of years ago in the Cup Series, because he was uh, his his uh crew chief when he was racing uh, trucks over with uh, kyle bush he's a pretty good crew chief and i think he's got some affiliation still with gms
1: all right well we're going to jump on into the release notes we've already hit some of them so we might blow by those but uh, otherwise let's just go ahead and start talking some release notes
0: the stuff we haven't talked about let's let's mention that so board mustang got artwork updates we talked about sebring already uh, but also we got VIR as a free track with a new laser scan.
4: Now that's not out just yet, right? That's coming soon still? Did that come out in the last patch?
0: Yeah, it says coming soon, but it's in the list.
2: Active reset, which uh, I have not tried yet, but I'm only hearing great things about it. My son's already using it. I watched a great Nick Nieben, uh YouTube video on it, and I can't wait to use it.
0: We've done it. I got to try it. I have mapped two buttons, and you, the first button is to set the start point, and the second button is to re- start it over, you know, and reset it. And I was just trying turn one at Charlotte in the 87 over and over and over. I did it like a dozen times. Did it help? I think it actually might have because then I went into qualifying and actually got a decent qualifying lap. Um, and so I think it really presents to me a new way of practice. Wow am I actually going to practice with this? I might.
2: For the oval, you're right, Mike, for qualifying, it's going to help. And I think maximizing your pit entrance, being able to practice
1: that over and over is going to be, be really huge. Uh, yeah, that's, that's a really good idea. Um, I, you know, I teach music and one of the things we really try to get to through, our, through to our kids is to not practice their, their large etudes or practice exercises in gigantic chunks. Don't try to learn a whole song at once and don't try to improve a whole song at once. Um, and every day when we're lear- working on scales, we're learning four notes at a time and just repeating them and repeating them and repeating them and drilling tiny little, little chunks and burning those into muscle memory and it's called smart practice because the the phrase is not perfect or the phrase is not practice makes perfect the phrase is perfect practice makes perfect. And so this gives you that same kind of opportunity. I really like the idea of pit stops because that bit me in the ass in the league in the league race Monday. Um but something like turn 1 at Daytona road that's that's the kind of the scariest corner at day, in, in Daytona if you overdrive that just a little and get on the brakes too hard you're in the wall. So, yeah, it, it's just a great opportunity to practice smartly. Yeah, especially
3: on on old tires. Can you imagine just being able to practice your pit stop on worn tires, coming in and coming in and coming in? That'd be awesome.
0: Yeah, it, preser- it preserves the tire, uh, you know, strength or whatever at that moment you push the first button. Um, it's awesome. I, I mean, I really had. Be- Then to think about like practicing Daytona roads, like David said, turn one over and over the old way, you'd have to do this for 45 minutes or something just to do it, you know, 15, 20 times with this button. Now you can like do it in like five or 10 minutes or even less. I mean, you can, it really, you you can do that corner over and over and over just one right after another.
2: Yep. I'm very timid with pit entry and, my heavy braking zones on road courses so when we heard about this a couple months ago coming i i thought it was super awesome then selfish me started thinking it's like no everybody's going to have it so everybody's going to start practicing but maybe this can help um raise the quality of racecraft in some scenarios on the service maybe if people take the time to actually use it and as david says practice smarter speaking from
1: experience as a teacher not everybody will use it well i know i'm using it so hopefully i can take advantage
3: if Mike's using it, everybody will.
0: Well, it's it's pretty cool. It's a little jarring. Sorry, Brian. It's a little jarring when you do reset it, and it brings you back to that moment of where my fans are blowing, where the sound is really loud, and where the steering is at a really strong, you know, force feedback. And so it's it's kind of interesting how it works. Uh, you have to be ready for it when you hit that button because. The force feedback, you know, comes in all of a sudden, very suddenly.
2: And they and they mentioned the track the track status changes, but your car doesn't. Your car reverts back to when you originally hit the button. But I guess the track keeps changing and the weather keeps changing as you go along. But I guess when you revert back, just your car resets.
0: Right. Temperature might swing a little. Okay. Track polish surface modeling is new. Soft surface modeling start zones were added for dozens of more tracks. Now, I think are we going to have this in in A open and A fixed well, or we, NIS?
2: We had this uh I used this Monday night. I think I ran a mistakenly ran a truck uh 13th week series at Daytona and there we use the start zone in there and it gives you a prompt at the beginning of the race telling you that this track is, you know, you got to start within the the restart zone and and whatnot so some tracks are having it and it was it was cool because you knew when it was going to happen you didn't have to wait or anticipate it and what whatnot
1: but avoid the 13th week truck series do not do not run it i really hope it goes into the official racing because they've been using it in the winter series and the restarts are so much more reasonable now that there's such a there's not such a gigantic predictable zone yeah you nobody's doing all this crazy bouncing and jumping and games. Um, and what's interesting, it really does seem like the, the, the flagman actually throws the green as soon as he sees the, the leader go. Even if he goes at the very beginning of the start zone,
0: he goes off of when the throttle gets hit, right? That's what it seems like. Okay. So the starting grids were expanded to 60 for dozens more tracks gt3 class tires and vehicle parameter updates now this is big part of the build uh for the gt3 cars you know new tire stuff new vehicle parameters i've I've run several races i'll tell you about my my thoughts on that later
1: i haven't jumped into gt3 since the patch i haven't spent most of the time in the uh, bmw and it does have the new damage model it was fun at the end of spa i, I intentionally ran straight into the wall and popped the whole Front clip off.
0: Okay, series stands. Excuse me, series stats and standings in the iRacing UI. So this is kind of a joke because it'll only show you the overall series stand stats. It won't show you the divisional stats. Even though there's a divisional button, it doesn't show you your position in the divisional standings. That's kind of silly.
2: Have you checked it since the sure fix came we'll out? Get it right soon.
0: Yes, it's still broken.
1: What about hosted racing? I'm sure we'll get it right can, can you tell if there's a practice session in hosted racing yet, or just or a race session?
2: No,
0: no, that's still very confusing. If you're like, if there's a new grid thing, you know, I think it's called grid view, a race grid view, and it doesn't have a scroll bar, and I don't a scroll wheel, and I don't have a scroll wheel. I use a track ball and you literally can't go down. So I have to like click on the screen in the middle of stuff and then use the arrow to scroll down to be able to see lower on the page, it's just silly. And um, if you click on a race, like you want to race it, there's a register, but right next to it, it says practice, but down below it says race. And it's not clear to me at all if I'm registering for a practice or a race.
2: Baby steps, they'll get there. They'll get there by March, I hope, right?
0: We'll talk about that later. Uh, new damage model for the GT3 class cars. We talked about AI. It was added for a bunch of stuff. What else do we need to go into detail on, guys, on this list?
3: Did you did you guys uh, f- see any difference with the track polish on uh, Sebring?
0: Well, oh, like I, I said, Sebring recently. looked it looked pretty neat to me. It looked different. Did it okay. feel different?
1: Track polishing is something a little bit more specific to handling in that it's actually supposed to increase the grip in the groove on road course racing. It's not not applied to oval tracks. Interesting. I wonder if this
2: soft surface model is a uh, reaction to that Spa 24 we had earlier this year. It says uh, all types of off-track soft surfaces now behave with more realism, including grass, dirt, gravel, and sand, and so on. So if that was something they were already working on before that event happened, or this was a reaction to it,
1: but it looks like they're going to try to to solve uh, grass dipping. They did add some harmonics to LFE effects that are supposed to make them better on smaller shakers.
2: Yeah, I'm looking at this AI list, and I haven't done any AI racing at all. I probably wouldn't even know how to start a session, but... You almost have your own video games within this sim sim that they've built here. Sorry, Steve. I'm referring to them as video games, not the actual service we race on. It is a sim. You are correct. But uh, you can almost have
1: your own F1 game in here. You can have your own NASCAR game, IndyCar game. It's kind of cool. There's been quite a few, quote, safety improvements added to the force feedback. Uh,
0: I think the big one to mention is there's a new slider in the settings called smoothing and it's set at 15 percent default now the old way before the build that would have been zero it didn't exist and um we have a, a later story to get into more detail about that but i ended up trying it both ways and putting it back to zero because i thought that felt better i thought leaving it at 15 just took something away i did mention that in the forum and, and i'm not the only one who had mentioned it so it might still be a work in progress. We'll see what David Tucker says.
2: Looks like the sporting code's been updated for uh, to for start zone added to the glossary, and just uh, some rules regarding uh, abbreviated starts and rolling starts. So, looks like we got a
1: thumb through the sporting code for updates. I'll get back to you on that one in a second. I'm gonna go look that up. We had already talked about the changes to the credits that the like iRacing bucks that are you're gifted to you within iRacing will go away after two years.
0: Let's set up updates on the cars.
1: Did
4: um, they mention that um, about the, uh, was it Wild Horse going to free? Or was it Wild West? Okay, I can it Wild
0: West, West, I believe, yeah.
4: Yeah, that's free now, as I mentioned in the notes. You
2: know, I'm going to give that a go tonight after I practice for Nash or the NIS race Sunday. I'm going to get on Wild Horse and see how the truck is on that.
0: Uh, Daytona Rallycross and Dirt Road have two new track configurations. We got Dirt Road Long, Dirt Road Short have been added to this track. Um, these configs match the Rallycross config versions of similar name, but have the Joker lap section removed and disabled for pure dirt road racing action.
2: I'm curious because those Daytona courses, you actually hit asphalt on portions of it or concrete, one of the two. So I wonder if there's a strictly dirt portion
1: that you run on now. So I did check the sporting code, and the way I'm reading this, it looks like the start zones are now just a part of the official sporting code for restarts. Protest city coming up. Well, it will penalize the, the leader if they don't maintain the pace speed.
0: Uh, they'll in-race penaliz- penalization, right?
1: Because what's the
2: percentage actually read the sporting code? So it's very important to actually read your sporting code, follow the updates and uh, know what you're doing out there. So yeah, I can imagine it's going to take a while for people to get catch on.
0: Yeah. So here's VIR and it says it'll be out before the end of the year. It's entirely brand new with a 2022 laser scan data and will be fully rebuilt with new artwork to bring this track into the modern age. And then Phoenix, the old Phoenix has new track configurations, much like I mentioned before uh, for dirt road where they, reuse the rally track but remove the joker and that's it boy that's a lot of stuff
1: yeah it was funny that anybody would would say this is a small build because it, it wasn't and um it was really the emsa build if you want to name it a build that's really what got hit the biggest really
4: yeah the biggest. yeah that's I, I totally agree with you but you know we're coming up on the day two hundred and twenty four 24 hours which um, as far as i know is probably the biggest highest participation event in the whole calendar year. Isn't that right? I think so. Yeah. I don't think anything gets more people in it than that. That, that series does.
0: Okay. So let's go post build reaction and notes and content. The first video was Nick Nibon. Uh, he didn't take long within a couple hours of the build being released. He had a video out on active reset, which encouraged me to go try it. And uh, cause it, you know, at first it was like, I wasn't even sure how to do it, you know, but you have to go map the two buttons. That's the key. And then, and then he kind of shows you what to do. You just be racing along. And before you get to that corner, you just push the first button.
2: Yeah. Mike, this is the video I was referring to earlier that I had, um, that I watched. It was fantastic. Just watching him over and over and over go through the corners that he was working on. And, uh, yeah, it's gonna be a great tool.
4: Yeah, another, uh, another really good video about this was from Dave Cam. I watched his video. He did a great expose on how to use it and how, how, to, how it um, operates. Um, I, I don't know if you guys talked about it, but did, did you talk about the, delta, uh, the deltas on these two, where you can set the deltas and um, independently from the, the, the start and stop point just to get no. uh, find out how you're doing in that corner? All right, I watch Dave Cam's out. video. He goes over really Yeah, watch Dave Cam's video. He shows you how to set the deltas. And uh, that's really you know, it's really cool that you can reset and go over these corners, you know, multiple times, but the deltas, if you set those right, you'll see where you're losing time and where you're gaining it in those turns. And that's now, really where you can start to learn that.
0: Now tell me in, in English, in uh, Brian, what does that mean set the deltas?
4: Well basically what it does, it's almost like you know when you um when you have like uh When you push the button on there, where it shows you, uh, you know, it compares your best lap and compares, you know, session best lap. Well, it just it just does that just for one section that you program. So you'll go just through that one program, one section that you program, and it will it'll show you where you're fat, you know, where you're slowing up and where you're gaining speed. But it's just on that one section as opposed to you know going through an entire course like you would normally do when you're doing comparison laps when you're doing it the old way so okay. that's that's what that does and it so doesn't have to be like I said, in the past yeah, that's the third and fourth button
1: in the past you could mark we are uh you could look at sector deltas so i think what brian is saying that is you can create your own sector yeah basically sector. yeah
4: it can it can be it can be as short as one turn it can be a series of turns it can be you can set it however you want and it doesn't and it can be set independently independently of the actual um of the actual reset point so you could go back to your reset point and then the delta done not kick in until right before you get hit your break zone or something like that so uh, again i i really suggest looking at dave cam's video he really goes over the delta side of it really well
2: yeah great great point brian and i remember this now in mike in this nick nieban video he's actually using it but he doesn't articulate how he did it but you can tell when he's talking about he's he's getting faster here here and there he's actually using what brian's talking about but I don't think he goes over it. So watching Dave's video is going to be key, figuring that out. Uh, he I don't said, know if you're he right. said
4: that was his favorite part of the whole build was this active reset. Far.
0: So like me trying the, the you know, turn one at Charlotte in the 87 over and over, I was doing active reset, like right at the entrance of turn one. And what I learned, like I said, the, the feedback and everything is very immediate. What I really need to do is back up that, res- you know, to like maybe the start finish line. And have that the beginning of the active reset. And then, like, and then put the delta start point, like at the top of turn one, and measure just turn one. Exactly.
4: That's exactly right. And that's really where you're going to get the most out of this uh, active reset, I think.
0: Cool. Other notes uh, Greg West posted uh, post uh, build in conjunction with the release of the Toyota GR86. They've announced a new series, the iRacing GR Cup Fix. It's a D-licensed, 15-minute fix setup race. It'll include seven free tracks in the debut season. I expect it to be popular. It is very fun. I I encourage everyone to try it. I I won my first race in it. I mean, that's how cool it is. So also he announced that the same car will be joining the SimLab Production Car Challenge, replacing that Pontiac Solstice. I forgot who it was. Somebody on Twitter did a, uh, a send off for the Pontiac Solstice. They did a, you know, a three or four wide, you know, one lap salute uh, video. uh, Farewell Pontiac.
1: Was that a pretty active series? No, I don't think. think
0: I mean, they have a split or two.
1: And
2: this, this car will be replacing Mazda in the, the roar, uh, the two and a half hour race before the 24 hours of Daytona
0: uh jacob smith he he put on twitter right away that the lincoln speedway is supposed to have lights he actually emailed iRacing racing support they told him no it isn't but he actually posted up pictures uh brian you know you've been there it has lights
4: yeah absolutely it does as a matter of fact i purchased this the first chance i got after i did the update and uh one of the first things I did was I went into a, a test session and I said it for dark, for nighttime. Cause that's when all of the feature races are run at Lincoln, you know, there were Saturday night races and I turned and I got into the sim and it was completely pitch black. I was like, what is going on? This thing is, this thing does not have lights. I was shocked, but, um, yeah, apparently if they put in that patch, that's a big deal because I was really, that was my biggest complaint about the whole track. Um, was what they did with, the, with not having any lighting on it. That's crazy.
2: And this is, uh, to just to put iRacing support on Blast here, I've kind of had some issues with them recently regarding the UI and loading and, and whatnot. But this is their response. These real-life tracks that we have recreated in the sim do not have night lighting. So to me, how can you write that? Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's
4: a fail right there. So The buyers apologize for it. Okay, yeah. The other thing they messed up on Lincoln Speedway, and this might be more of a logistical thing, is um so the pit stalls at Pit Lincoln Speedway are outside of the track. They're on the back stretch of the track. And you exit the track, there's an opening in the fence at um at the exit of turn two, and you go through the pits and you enter the track on the on the entrance enter of turn three. So that's where you enter and exit the track. Well, The way you get to that exit point is when you come out of turn four and come down the straightaway, um, you actually go across the infield, almost like it would be a figure eight. You know, you go across the infield and you cross the track to get out of turn two. But in this one, the way they have it is these pits are on the infield of the track, which makes for a. Really, really awkward entrance to the track. Um, so, the way you enter the track is you come from the pits and there's the openings there in, in the front straight, and you have to come onto the straightaway, like where the flag stand is, and make a hard left to get going. And with a wing sprint car, you can't see what's coming traffic wise to your right. It's impossible to see what's coming. So, you're just closing your eyes and making a quick turn and hope you don't get just plowed. So, they, they and you know, I know they don't do a whole lot of tracks where the pits are outside of this oval section of the track. So they, they just kind of improvise that, I guess, but it makes for a really, really awkward entrance to the track.
0: So Nick Nibon's video about this track was titled, uh, another half finished track <laughs> dirt track, because apparently this is not the first dirt track that needed lights that got released without light. Moving on, uh, Annie Rabbits, uh, Twitcher, uh, she says, yes, the Lambo is back. My favorite car is back in business this season. After testing tonight, the Lambo and the Audi will be it for the season, I think. And also a tweet from Yuri Kastorp. He said, the golden era of GT3 is here. They took off any front grip of all the cars except for the Audi, the Italian Audi, and the ford. Audi is twitchy, the Lambo is nice out of the box. If you manage to not die in the McLaren, you might probably win. And <laughs> because of these tweets I actually go ran the Lamb uh scoot, the Lamb Lamborghini uh in that fixed series week 13 fixed and I had a blast. That car can turn. I mean, if I don't know if it's the new tire model or what these guys are saying like it's got you know, better grip than the other ones or what, but I'm just loving the McLaren right now, excuse me, the Lamborghini. And he put up times of each car, uh, cause he tested each one.
4: I think he's kind of right. I mean, this is, this is the golden age for GT threes and iRacing. I mean, they're really investing heavily into it. It's a series that seems like it's a lot of changes and a lot of updates, but, but uh, iRacing has been on top of it. They're, they're, they're keeping up with all the changes, like as soon as they can. Um, you know, they're not they're not leaving old stuff for you to race, even though newer stuff is out. Um, and I think it's just participation. I think that's where they're seeing a lot of participation, and they want to please those people who are doing those races.
2: Hey, David, quick question: Does this new build affect the GT4 cars at all?
1: Uh, d- I. My best guess is no, because I don't remember seeing it anywhere on the list. This was mostly on the GT3 and and IMSA side, or I I guess the upper echelon of IMSA.
2: Yeah, it makes sense. I'll I'll check it out this weekend and see if there's anything different with the BMW I run.
0: The last note was about the smoothing uh, defaulting to 15%, a new slider in the options for force feedback. Be aware of it on each car that you get in, and... You might want to try it at the 15%, which is what David Tucker wants it at. Or you might try it at 0%, which is the way it was before he added the filter. Now, some of the pushback that, I don't know if it's pushback, but uh, questions that David Tucker is getting in the forum thread is, hey, uh, you know, the SemiCube software, the Fanatech software—they have their own smoothing, uh, okay, or what they call it, smoothing—and and now you're, the sim has smoothing. And so, are we double filtering this when we shouldn't be, and and whatnot? But I still haven't got a good handle on exactly what this is.
3: Yeah, I wonder because I use the uh, Accuforce wheel, and you can either you can incorporate the force feedback from my racing or use Accuforce's. Feedback and completely override racing, So I haven't tried it yet. That'll be interesting. Did you feel any any difference in the feedback?
0: I did. I mean, uh, you know, it starts at 15%. So I ran a race like that, but then I moved it back to the zero, which would be the way it was before. Ran the same car on the same track, and I, I felt like I had more fidelity on the feedback in the wheel. I was feeling more bumps, more twitchiness and different things in the wheel than I did when it was smoothed out. So I left it at zero. And my intention at this point is to put it at zero on each car until I figure out what this is.
3: Did it feel different from the, uh,
0: from before the build? No, but there's other people in the thread that says it does. Um, several people now I, I don't feel it, but, um, there might be something to that because there are some people that have uh, reported what uh, just that.
1: All right, we talked about it just a little bit earlier, but we also have a YouTube video from Annie uh, complaining about catching a foot cramp while she was in in a session. Yeah, it's crazy. She was uh,
2: what halfway through the race or whatnot, she started getting cramps. Do you guys get cramps? I get. I have really bad carpal tunnel in both my hands, and since I've switched to this setup, I and with the longer
1: NIS races, I feel it, but. Never any foot cramps, luckily, because foot cramps could could hurt. My knees would start to really hurt on the older pedals where I had to really float the pedal to do partial braking instead of relying on the brake to just push my foot back up right, and release the pressure. Whereas now, um, I don't want to run into that issue. And also, when I had the force feedback turned up back when we ran over the, the radical at ovals, I actually ended up with – A carpal tunnel kind of thing basically combined with weightlifting that hurt one of my elbows for quite a while
3: maybe she needs some electrolytes some lmnt or something
2: but your
1: carpal tunnel dave came from work and typing that's where it came from no i don't type that much actually it was more from lifting and turning
4: playing with your brando has electrolytes brando has electrolytes
1: all right, well, this might end up being our longest discussion, Mike. They're gonna, they're, they're gonna pull the trigger, man, and it's gonna suck. And I think I just saw Mike pulling his headset off. Did we lose you, Mike? Yeah, Mike's right, headset died.
2: I'll get it going from a newbie here. Only been on the service two years. So when I when I got on the service, I went back and forth between the UI and the, the website, and I ultimately picked the website. And then hearing you guys talk about it every so often. Uh, one day, I just decided to use the UI, and I went cold turkey from the website. And I was like, all right, this ain't terrible. I can, I can navigate it how I like it. You can set your favorite series. And, and uh, I'll try to figure out the clicks here in a second if Mike wants to do that. But um, but then all of a sudden, it wouldn't load. It wouldn't load for me. It wouldn't load my updates. It would only load half the time. This is the member support I'm, I'm referring to. And uh, just now, I'm trying to load it, the UI, and it's not loading for me. I'd hoping the fix would fix it. But then I went back to the website and then got used to that again. So um, I don't know. I thought the results would be the last thing they needed. There's obviously some polishing they need, but, but yeah, you got a couple more months left to go. Big news, huh? All right. So here's the plan you have till December 31st. And then starting
1: January 1st, no more website for you. We're just going to have to start a mega thread of, you, you said you were typing it a me, you know, but we got to get the attention in the mega thread and just say this, these are things that the website does that the, I, the UI doesn't like Is a hosted session just a practice or is a hosted session a race? I mean, that has got to be one of the most simple pieces of information you should need to know when you're joining a hosted race. So I didn't understand that complaint until last night. And I was in the
2: dirt midget and I was wanting to find some stuff and it would, Oh, there's a dirt midget, but I had no clue if it was practice, if it was a race, if it was a league, I think we'll say league in there, but you're right. hundred percent. I was actually getting pretty pissed off at that. Um, And I even to myself thinking, how simple would this be?
1: that's not some little detail that's that's fundamental to to the what's going to go on in a race
3: well and it looks like the old site they are going to use it still to uh to update your membership and purchase do, uh iRacing dollars and credits and stuff
0: so oh, i went cold turkey once they this was announced i've been running the beta ui and i'm going to call it that until it works correctly. Um, to try to get used to it or try to figure out what, a, you know, what are the workarounds, you know, like the workaround of what Donnie just said is clicking on the actual series page. And then it's clear which one is race and which one is practice. So there's art. So there's workarounds that you got to click more, of course, which is silly. Um, but yeah, I, 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 went cold Turkey. I tried a lot of different things. I think the biggest thing is, I've probably have crashed the SIM five or six times since I've gone cold turkey to beta UI. And guess what? How many times have I crashed the SIM in the last six months? Zero in six months. And now all of a sudden, five or six times within a few days. So what's the difference? Oh, I launched from the beta UI every time when those crashes happened. So that's my huge, huge concern here when they're going, you know, belly up three months from now with no backup way to launch, uh, this this stuck. And I, I don't know if it's just me or my setup or is this everybody or what?
2: No, you know, I've been having loading issues for a while, and it doesn't crash my sim if I'm if I actually finally get to the sim, it won't crash. Like it usually won't go past fifteen percent, and I hop out, go to the member site. But I was just checking for NIS if I want to practice the NIS uh, track tonight, it's four clicks for me to get in the session. Um, I do like for official series, how you can, I think later on come January, February, we need to do like a decent show on this. Cause it's going to be a big deal. Once they go to the website, it's going to be a huge deal for people. Um, but I do, there are things about it. I like, and I don't want to bash on it too hard, but, but with Mike saying, it's, there's something wrong with it that they need to, they need to fix. They need to fix it now. If they want us to use it, come, come March.
0: I already mentioned the missing scroll bar and the race guide. That's huge. I mean, that's like basic UI 101. I mean, if you're designing a UI, you have to design it for any kind of input device. Okay. Don't assume that everyone has a scroll wheel. Um, the other thing I noted on my list here is um the series and standings. I mentioned that you can't pull up any kind of divisional um Stats at all. You can only see overall stats, which I mean, who cares about overall? I think everybody's looking at divisional, right? You don't say, Oh, I'm running 75th overall in NIS. You say, No, I'm running 25th in my division. And so you can't even look it up. You can't even look up like 2022 NIS open. Like, how did I finish for the year? You can't even do it. Even though there's a filter that says active. If you undo the filter, it doesn't show inactive like you think it would. Nope. And so uh, yeah, that was a mess. Well, also for leagues,
3: you still can't you can't download the the race results and then upload them from the beta UI. You have to go into the website, download them there, and then upload them. So that, that still hasn't changed either.
0: Wow. Well. I, you know what? My final thought on this topic is, if if they want to put a hard line in the sand, they better get to work. Um, there is a a mess, and and I'm not the only person who's uh, who's, who's uh, indicated that. There's a big forum thread in the forums where a lot of people have indicated what they what they find wrong with the with the beta UI that needs to be addressed before three months comes and goes. I understand why they need to do it. I understand they're gonna do it, and that's why I, you know, I tried. I went cold turkey with it. Well, I, don't I don't think Donny was.
3: I don't think Donny was around for the original beta UI <laughs> when they and they completely re, had to reformat that because it didn't work at all.
0: It's come a long way. I really dug through it today. I clicked on everything that could be clicked on. Um, I, you know, I tried to, you know, look at everything, and that's what I found so far that has a problem.
2: I mean, there are nice features to it. I I won't dismiss some of those, but, man, you're right, 100%. And if you guys haven't noticed, it's almost Christmas. Time is flying. So come March. March will be here in no time.
0: All right. So we already had our first Hot Fix 1. Brian.
4: Yeah, guys. So uh, Hot Fix number 1 came out. David mentioned earlier that actually a fairly substantial-sized uh, Hot Fix. It did some um, – it did some tuning, fine tuning on the active reset and some, uh, the paint, some paint shop issues, fix an issue in the physics where, uh, where, um, collisions were disabled during the Iration heat sessions. Um, so yeah, so it uh, came out pretty quick. Um, it a, man, it came out really quick after the, uh, after just the build was two days ago, but you know, that's why they have these week 13s to try to iron out some of the bugs. Um, again, uh, I hope I didn't see it, but I hope they added the lights for Lincoln. I heard that you guys saying that they did, but I'm going to check that out later tonight. Yeah. It's there on
0: the list down low. Lincoln speedway night lighting has been added and enabled.
4: Okay. Good.
0: Now, now one thing that I noticed in the forums is, uh, a lot of people screaming, if they use VR, that they've noticed a frame rate drop since the update. Uh, the patch had nothing in it about VR or frame rate drop. Um, now, not everybody's affected. There were people in the thread that uh, use VR that said they were okay, but but there were many, many, many people that said, hey, it's almost unplayable now, My my FPS is cut in half. So there's something still up with that. There were a lot of people saying that.
3: It used to be um, a lot of times you had to reset your graphics in VR after a uh, build. I haven't had to do it the last few, but
0: sometimes I used to have to do that. Yeah, that was a recommendation in that thread, uh, Steve, that people should do that.
1: And it may just be that a feature kicked in that they don't know kicked in somehow accidentally in the background. So any any kind of graphics feature might have just gotten flipped on, um, or something, or their system was just teetering on the edge of of, of something, and it's now hit the bottleneck.
4: Well, later big in a, was the in update? Later in the, the forum Post, uh, Dustin William owens Dolls, long name, said that uh, they acknowledged that there was a, a problem, that they were taking that hit. They said they changed how the co- cockpit was drawn, which is uh, presumed to have caused a decrease in VR performance. Um, fixing it might be a whole different kettle of fish, such as a change is pretty funnel, fundamental change and probably has good justifications in other aspects. So, yeah. Um, yeah, they, he thinks that they acknowledged that it might have been something to do with the way a cockpit is being drawn in the cars.
0: I see. Some more to come on
1: that. All right. The schedule's been released. I've been glancing over it as we've been talking. Um, n- not a whole lot of surprises other than the changes we've already talked about in, in the car lineup, right? Uh, so we kind of already really hit that. Um, that BMW is now both in IMSA and the European series which can no longer be called Lamon right yeah and
0: then the we talked about this last week but the uh F2000 and the IRO4 are going to alternate times uh one's fixed one's open that's going to be fun i'm going to try to get involved with that i'm going to buy the IRO uh 04
2: no no it's the Indy Pro 2000 you need
0: yeah. oh Indy Pro okay yeah and if
2: you do go to the forums and they put uh sets in there yeah, it's a good community because it's uh, it's not a good car to run. Fix. I mean, you can run it, but it's uh, you'll. They're pretty quick.
0: want a set, right?
4: Before we hit these uh, special events, I'm going to do a real quick rundown of the World of Outlaws race from to from Monday night. Um, it was a uh, they raced that week two at um, Eldora Speedway. Hayden Cardwell took the win. Um, second place was uh, Alex Bergeron. And third place was uh Kendall Tucker. So uh after two weeks, Alex Bergeron holds a series lead by 30, 30 points over Tyler Schnell and JD Brown in third. So uh week three will be uh, next Monday and we'll catch up with those guys
1: again. Now glancing at the schedule, I'm not finding the uh, NIS series set up right now. I guess they're just they still just have the winner NIS posted at this point, point. Yeah, I don't believe that schedule didn't come out till freak it was late, like
2: almost into February before that NIS schedule came out. Came out with the A, B, and C schedule as well, or the NIS Xfinity and Truck. I don't
0: think they're they, they they feel like they need to put it out because I think it's pretty well known that the times are gonna stay the same and it and we already know NASCAR drives the schedule, obviously.
2: Yeah, it's just big for the B and the in the C series because on the off weeks of real life, because they've mimicked the real life schedule, but on the off weeks they throw in you know, whatever track, a random track. So it was always nice to know what that track might be for people who want to
1: purchase stuff and whatnot. But but yeah, those schedules won't come out till much later. They actually do the same thing for the regular Aopen as well. All right. We got, it looks like one more 2022 event, right? Uh, 2022 Chili Bone Nationals. It's going to be going on from the 13th to the 18th, Monday through Friday. There's going to be two time slots each day. 10 a.m. and 9 p.m. Eastern. That's 0200 GMT and 1500 GMT. Then there's a Saturday super session that's going to take the top 60 overall in points from the race week. Those will go on at 10 a.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Eastern, and 15 GMT on Saturday, 2 GMT on Sunday.
2: I've been practicing all week for this. Have you guys ran this event yet?
1: Most of us are not really
4: dirt, other than Brian. Brian's our dirt guy. What about you, Brian? I have the track. That I don't have. I have the track, but I don't have the um, the midget cars for it. Um, it is hard to drive around. It's so small, so tight. It's so it's, demoralizing. It feels like you're barely touching. Yeah.
2: I have been practicing every night. Um, shout out to Tommy Brandon. We raced with him in the winter NIS season. He has a YouTube channel, and I've been watching his video like almost on a loop because he he shows a video on how to run the dirt midget. Tommy Brandon, I believe that's his name. And, um, man, it's so hard. And I was getting nervous about what the schedule was going to be like. So I put on my calendar for Saturday, but thank goodness I won't make Saturday. They got to be top 60 in points, but I did find a hosted practice session last night, even though it didn't say practice, I found one. And, uh, a lot of the guys on the track with me are about the same. can get about four laps in before they climb up the wall and roll over. So I'm so excited. We'll give it a go next week. See how it goes. And, um, yeah.
4: What's weird about this one is, um, it doesn't line up with the actual Chili Bowl. The Chili Bowl itself is not like almost a month away. Typically, they run the same weekend or the weekend before the actual special events that they do. But this one's early. I don't know if they want to just get it in before before the new year. But
2: I'm wondering if a lot of the real Chili Bowl racers run this event as well. Maybe maybe that's why. But uh, man, it's a it's a it's a very tough thing to do and just, it's very humbling and it makes you appreciate what they're doing in real life as well. Cause I'm not driving how they're driving and they're, they're hanging that thing
1: out the entire lap. It's It's just crazy. And if it's a month away, it's sitting right on top of the holidays.
4: Yeah. Maybe they
0: want to get it done before, you know, everyone takes the time off for Christmas.
4: (laughs) and and the chili bowl is like a week-long event it's not like you go there on saturday night and race the chili bowl it goes it's a week-long thing everybody's there for at least a week
2: and then you have the micro different features so it's almost two weeks because you have the micros before that so and a lot of those chili bowl guys race
1: on that as well so it's almost a two-week endeavor for them and so i don't know we'll see so 60-lap splits, and the qualifying is three minutes. The track resets to 2%. You got six, eight-lap heats. Top three advance directly to the main event. Then you have an E-main, D-main, C-main, B-main, and then an A-main. Caution laps do not count in the A-main. That's going to be for every session throughout the week. That's a lot. Unless you're good and win, I guess.
0: Hey, moving on. We have other... 2023 special events, the roar is going to be January 13th through the 15th, the 24th, 20th through the 22nd of January, Daytona 500, the 14th through the 19th of February, and the Bathurst 12 hours, February 10th through the 12th.
2: I'm going to nitpick here, and this is yeah, what I brought up. I'm sorry, Brent. This is what I brought up earlier, David. Okay. It says the ROAR is the 13th, 14th, and 15th, but only gives times for Friday, Saturday. So that's where my confusion lied. And I'm thinking, how does some of this stuff get through uh, unchecked, essentially?
1: Mm, Your time zone. Well, it. It, it's been, it, so for some of the Australians, even though it starts at 1600, it'll already be the 15th for them. I'm uh, not that smart.
4: Could be, yeah. So I think they did this because um they don't have the full f- special event calendar for 2023 yet and they want to get these races in January and stuff posted because uh they took, took a little flack if you remember one of the stories we had last week that guy's like man we want to start getting practicing on this we don't know when anything is so um I think I think that's part of the reason why they released this partial schedule just the first month or so
0: yeah, and that's perfect. And announce the cars, you know, to make sure. Hey, buy the the new car if you want to run that BMW.
2: Yeah, if you're worried about a June race sponsor, don't you know? Don't hold up the schedule. No, this is perfect. We know the cars. We know the times. Kinda, I have to ask for help though.
0: Yeah. So this prompted us as a team to start talking about what are our plans. And uh, Dave, David, are you are you just dis- you haven't decided on a car yet.
1: Well, it's not just up to me, for one. But the uh, I like the BMW, but I don't want to end up in a split with just one car. I'm I, I'm a, like in this week thirteen series, it's got the LMP and the BMW. Of course, everybody's running the BMW. So is it going to be that so many people abandon the LMP two and the GT that that lower I rating splits are going to be running just BMWs? I, I don't. I want to have the multi class aspect of the race right? Well,
0: I don't want to buy the car if we're not going to run it.
1: <laughs> it's eight bucks. How much is it Well
0: but wheel? But, but that's the point. Buy the car if I don't have any plans of running it.
1: You own the Lambo. You just
2: re-ran that. Imagine, you can run that BMW in four years. <laughs> yeah, I might.
4: All those cars will be changed up by next year. They'll be all different. <laughs>
0: all right, so we got to get our schedule together, and we kind of eyeballed, I think, who's on what team. I I think we have some idea of that, but that's about as far as we've gotten.
1: All right. Well, in case you haven't heard, our primary sponsor is Sim Coaches. Uh, I personally drive them and I know Kyle Pendergraf here with me does as well. And we just wanted to tell you a little bit about them. Uh, they're, They're our favorite thing it's been the biggest difference maker for me uh kyle what do you think what what do you want to tell us about their build quality
5: the build quality is beyond exceptional it's all built aluminum very well put together very well thought out uh they took their time on designing this for sure uh i have yet to run into any kind of flaws with this thing other than the fact that i can't put it in my real car
1: Ain't that the truth. I I, I almost like a, the comfort on them better than than my other car. Except my other car has autopilot nowadays. Yeah, so they're they're great build quality and the and the other thing that that came out after I bought my pair that has been really useful, especially switching between different cars, has been that the uh, visor software.
5: Yes, the visor software, it's beyond anything I could expect out of any kind of software that this people could use. Uh, you're a able to to adjust when the throttle engages or the brake or the clutch uh, how far the throttle needs to be before it's fully engaged Uh, you can adjust the curve on it I mean it's all around just great you know what you can do to really not so much manipulate the car but manipulate your driving ability
1: I actually came up with a a reverse curve for driving uh, on dirt so you know how you you might want to kind of uh, a sudden spike at the end on a cup car, so that you're so that you're less likely to spin it. I found it easier to control my dirt car by making it spike up to about halfway and then giving me more control on the top end of the throttle instead. That way, it was pretty neat.
5: Oh yeah, definitely, it's a game changer for sure. Um, better than some of the other ones out there that I've heard people talk about or have seen. So definitely get your hands on a set of Sim Coach pedals. You're not going to regret it.
1: Well, go to the website, simcoaches.com and say hi to Lawrence. We have a promotion code, the best promotion code of anybody. You can get 10% off if you put in iRacer's Lounge. So go get your pedals today.
0: podcast housekeeping leave us a review of your favorite podcast platform to make it easier for more listeners to find the podcast mention us to your fellow drivers so they don't miss out we do appreciate it don't forget the action is on discord we've been talking all kinds of stuff over there this week so join the conversation and don't forget our website iracerslounge.com we're in regular rotation at the performance motorsports network and Roku TV, excuse me, it's iRock TV on Roku TV, I think it's what it's called.
5: Metro Ford of Chicago delivers to you. Whether you're looking for a new or used car, we have over 160 vehicles in stock. Living large or strapped for cash, good credit, no credit, doesn't matter. It's all good at Metro Ford of Chicago. We offer easy financing and guaranteed credit approval. Visit emetroford.com to view our complete inventory and tell them Patrick sent you. Metro Ford of Chicago, serving Chicagoland and beyond for over 35 years. Ah, 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 ah.
1: Will this computer run iRacing? Not now. All right, it's time for some hardware software presented by Metro Ford. We're kicking it off first with Advanced Sim Racing getting radical. What do you think of this one, Donnie? Yeah,
2: Advanced Sim Racing will be the new exclusive manufacturer of the ASR F-Pro Radical Edition, the world's first and only Sim Racing chassis made in Radical's image. And Steve, you have mentioned to me in the past that you've driven on Willow Springs. Do you think this is where the shot was taken?
3: Yeah, it sure looks like it, doesn't it? It looks like Willow Springs right there, especially drives, the, mat- I mean, yeah. the mountains in the background
2: there. I drive by it maybe once a week, and uh, it would be nice to know if they were going to be out there. I'd have to go fanboy a little bit, but but uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty interesting. Not 100% fan of that rig setup at all, really, but um, but um, that's kind of cool. See uh, another sim um, chassis manufacturer partner up with the real car. I think this one might the, be one of the things first that they formula. Say
4: is that, sorry, uh, the one of the things that they're touting is that th- supposedly they get the, um, the seating position, the pedals and the, and the steering wheel all in the exact same spot as if you're in a radical. So that's one of the things that they're, that they're touting as, as part of this special, it gives you the, gives you the right perspective as a driver for that car.
2: Yeah, it makes sense. Uh, I'm curious how he would hop into that thing. Be very careful.
0: And that seat is laying back. I mean, definitely a formula-style look to it.
1: You know, the LMPs lay back like that, too. At least it it did in the uh, 919. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they're still laying back.
0: Oh, the rig is on pre-order. You can actually pre-order. It doesn't say a price. (laughs) So, yeah.
2: I mean, it might be good for, like, a Radical dealership. You know,
1: put a couple of those in the lobby. Is there a touring Radical series anywhere?
0: Here's a private course out here by Phoenix and um, in, out in the desert where they run radicals. Like you can go out there and rent one, I think.
1: Well, we've got a couple of hits coming up next on some cubic control wheels. They're inter- introducing the F Core, which is an upgraded entry level formula steering wheel. It's nice looking, especially for what you would call entry level. It's got quite a bit on it.
0: It is. You know, and, and w- with one of the big brands, you know, Cube Control. Uh, I don't know the price yet. I haven't figured that out. Um, but they did announce it or start showing it at the the Sim Racing Expo. Uh, pretty nice looking.
1: Yeah, nice nice set of s- series of uh, buttons. What it doesn't have a lot of is, is uh, rotary knobs. That would definitely be probably where they cut some of the costs. It does have two sets of pedals. I don't know if either one of them are analog.
0: I think the the bigger one that most people watched was their new GTX 2, a completely redesigned GT steering wheel with 5-inch display with interchangeable grips.
2: I do like the look of this wheel. Um, I like a GT-style wheel. I'm just curious about the interchangeable grips, though. Do you lose any strength when you uh, have pieces that can come off?
0: Good point how do they attach and that kind of stuff too i have no idea
4: well the grips i, are, I agree with you daniel it's a good looking it's a good looking wheel. It's, it's different enough from the ones that we see on a regular basis to
1: to stand out yeah and looking at where the grips shape is the strength the strongest structure you can make just about other than a triangle is an arch and the grips are an arch so i don't think you're going to sacrifice that much strength structurally as long as the attachments are well well designed yeah, yeah, I wasn't more referring to the actual
2: grip strength on on the whatever that is could be carbon fiber or metal behind it.
3: I don't even know how you'd pick a wheel these days. There's so many of them around. I I, I don't know. It it I, you'd probably have a couple hundred hours in watching videos trying to pick one, wouldn't you?
2: The wheels oh, yeah. have come out of the woodworks so the last month it seems like. But um, yeah, this is a good looking wheel. I like it.
0: Well, what do people need? I mean, you need an oval wheel. You need a formula wheel. That's kind of what I got, but do I need a GT wheel? I mean, this looks like a formula wheel almost. I mean, it's just a little bit different, but I mean, holding it in your hand and racing with it, it, I don't think I need a GT wheel. I'll just, I'll just run the formula wheel.
1: I, I don't really know how much of a difference there actually is. I guess maybe size, maybe the GT is wider than the formula wheel. That's the only thing I could think of as well, just size difference.
0: So the other announcement was their pedals, the soft blue, petty uh, blue pedals that we saw last year at the Sim Racing Expo that we were drooling over, or I was anyway, I thought they looked really cool. Uh, they were shown again uh, at the Sim Racing Expo this time with an updated design, um, and they're intending to sell them this year. Uh, in quarter one, uh, even though they, they never did last year uh, come to sale, they they did promise, hey, these will be out soon.
2: And a load cell, I take it?
0: Yeah, a load cell.
2: And honestly, I, I really like the look of them. Um, just the design, the color isn't too bad. Uh, is there a return spring on that throttle I'm seeing in there? Or is that all within the damper?
0: Unknown to me. But a neat design. I mean, I like, like you said, the look of it is is impressive.
2: A lot better looking than the one that's going to be down below that's for sure I can't get over the look of those ones for some reason uh
0: there was a video somebody put up of the entire uh booth at cube controls where they show all the different wheels and and go into depth so if you want to check that video you know check out our script
1: yeah, they have everything up on a wall that's pretty pretty neat I wish they had an expo like this over here
0: oh well, maybe next year
3: we'll be traveling there to Canada stay at Greg's house. Go to the uh, if it's Canada.
0: Yeah, that's a lot cheaper than going to Europe. I might consider it.
2: Get a booth? That'd be pretty cool.
0: Yeah, have a night and I would like to just get some interviews with all these people.
1: I'll hang out at the booth, you can do the interviews. We actually could do a booth. That 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 would not be out of the out of the reason if we all if we all kind of pitched in for the price.
3: Do we have to just sign autographs and stuff or what?
1: <laughs> we could put out some hardware, and we got some we hero cards for shows. Steve. One of us could bring a we could bring a rig or or bring a like, a laptop style rig like like some of the guys have.
3: Yeah, we got lots of friends, lots of Canadian friends out there that uh race. We could just have them bring it over.
1: I think Lawrence is in
2: like Indiana this week, so he's ship he's trucking rigs around the country. His sim coaches rig, so maybe uh talk him into doing a booth right next to us, and then we'll just you know we can use their sims
1: all right next up we have an oh formula wheel and um got some nice statistics here not a whole lot visually all right uh you can pre-order it via the via this link down here it says 15 push buttons five rotary encoders one joystick 48 changeable leds adjustable shifting module I, i i'll be curious to find out more about that five inch display and full aluminum housing so I can read that to you, but the one picture is kind of, huh? Yeah, I thought we were looking at oh, the great. back of it. but So we don't know the price of this thing?
4: They actually had this at the expo, one of the videos at the top of the script. Um, that um they had they had somebody looking at one of these it it looks really good when it's uh, got power to it actually it looks kind of plain right there in the picture that we have it looks like just a blank screen but uh once you get power to it uh, thing uh, li- livens up quite a bit it's pretty neat looking so that
1: actually is the front
4: yeah that's the front it it almost looks like a like a touch screen almost mm. i don't know if that's what it is but that's what it looks like
2: Are these the same makers of the seat, right? The Eau Rouge cooler seat?
0: And they had uh, motion rigs as well at the expo, some kind of motion cockpit thing. So we'll talk about that on a future show, I'm sure. But like Brian said, the wheels at the show looked way better than this picture does. Uh, So, yeah, I think you definitely need power to it to, to liven it up.
1: Well, Mike, I know you've been really eyeballing butt kickers and other options lately, so you probably have had a look at this next one.
0: Yeah, the the reason we have this video is I've been doing research on my next project, even though I don't have the funds. Um, when I do have funds, what am I going to buy next? Well, if you're a sim racer, you're always looking at your next pro- uh, hardware purchase usually, and that's how I roll. And I've been researching butt kicker, which product do I want? Now, Tony Groves told me, skip it and just get those things to put on the pedals that Steve got um, instead, which is not a bad idea. But I still like the idea of getting what's called a butt kicker plus and bolting it directly to the bottom of my seat. Uh, I found a flat spot on the bottom of my seat, uh, right where my butt would be. Um, The cushion comes off. I would drill, you know, three holes through the seat and basically run bolts and nuts into this uh, butt kicker plus. Now why the plus and not the pro? Because the plus has three mounting uh, holes where you can literally just screw it directly onto something instead of using the, the pipe clamp. And, and that's what I want to do is screw it right onto the bottom of the chair. Um, the, the pro doesn't have a way to do that. It only has the pipe clamp and the Pro is very big too. I think the Plus is a much smaller uh, footprint. Um, my seat belts are gonna be right in the way, and I'm gonna have to kind of put this right in the middle of where the seat belts are, but I think it will work. 280 bucks, I think it is.
4: Yeah, I... Um... I did watch this video and it was neat to see some of the improvements they've made over the original gamer, gamer, but gamer one that I have, um, you know, it's, it's like a USB connections. Now and they have their own software. They never used to have their own software that you could use. Um, so pretty, pretty cool. Um, and. Still, I still think uh, this was the first thing that I haptic, first haptic type of uh, equipment that I bought for my rig, and I think it really was the way to go if you're starting to, you know, move on to haptics in your simulation. This is like one of the quickest, easiest things you can do without breaking the bank. Um, these LFEs are really good for for starting you into the immersion type of side of sim racing.
0: Yeah, two eighty. Sorry, Steve. I was going to say the 280 includes everything: the amp, the driver, the cabling, all everything, the software, everything. They do sell a product called the Butt Kicker Advance, where you can just buy the transducer itself, but you have to get your own amp and cable and all that.
3: Yeah, that's what I have. I've got I've got so many Butt Kickers on mine, but I've got uh, four separate amps, um, commercial amp set. That- that I run mine off. Cause at the time I was doing this, it was hard to find any amps. I tried the butt kicker amps and I wasn't able to, uh, to push enough power for them. So I've got a, I've got, I've got one eight channel amp and then uh, two, three, four channel amps. But what I was going to say is that they were talking about the software. We had done a review on the software and um, there was a couple, couple reviews and they, they weren't really impressed with the software. They're still say, run it through a uh, sim hub or one of the other products for i racing
0: really okay because some of the videos i was watching was and i watched several of them this week about this um they were saying that the software and, and i think you have to almost pay for or it's part of the package uh but it technically it, it's a separate piece like if you were to piece this together i think the software is 60 bucks or something but it has some kind of direct connection with iRacing. Uh, It's not done through audio. You hook it up via USB. So I was thinking, Steve, that might be better if it's getting, you know, through the API or however it's doing it versus, you know, just through an audio uh, feed. Uh, Maybe it's going to be better, but you're saying that you've heard otherwise, right?
1: Yeah. a couple. Sorry, USB always has more latency than audio.
3: Yeah, a couple weeks ago, um, we had. um, There was an article on, on, I can't remember which episode it was, but we never got to it. And then we skipped it the following week, but it was on the butt Kicker uh, software. Um, But I, you know, the the inner, I think there's another article down down here that we're going to get to about David Tucker, or maybe it was from last week talking about the. the data that's coming from iRacing. So I think everybody's kind of getting, you know, they're all getting the same data. Um, it's just how, how the software software will interpret, interpret it. Um, so I don't know, like David said, I think maybe the audio is uh, better than the uh, USB.
0: Well, if I buy it, I'll have the software. I can try it both ways. I'm already using SimHub for the Gamer 2 I have. And now this will be my second butt kicker. So I could do it in the SIM hub as well. Uh, I'll probably just do it in the SIM hub just because I have that already and it's already set up. That would be a
3: good test for you to do to see see what kind of uh, feedback you're getting from both of them.
0: Right. I just think having it, you know, literally less than one inch away from my butt, boy, it's re- I'm really going to feel it. You know, I, it's not going to have to be turned up loud at all.
4: <laughs>
3: we're lucky tony's not here for that one. oh you'll probably get a sound clip from it
1: that is going on every soundboard in the world
3: yeah and my uh, g5 seat you know it has uh it has holes in the pucks or in the uh in the uh, paddles for uh for not not butt kickers like these but uh the smaller um I forgot which ones I've got in there. Dayton pucks. Yeah, the Dayton pucks that work that work really well also. So because it will make so it. they're so close in. to you, right? Yeah, they're right. They're right there, less than an inch away from your butt.
1: Let's move closer to our feet for a while. How about these uh, new Acidtech that are the first to ABS? Maybe Donnie.
2: Yeah, it looks like they might be the first to add ABS in a uh ace tech sim sports has revealed a working prototype of an anti-locking braking system for your sim for sim racing built as an optional upgrade for the existing invicta hydraulic pedals so that's that's kind of cool they're the first ones and hopefully uh more manufacturers will come out with it but these will just be something you essentially add to your existing brake pedal uh, for the ace tech invicta so not not too crazy i like it
0: and i saw a video with a CEO guy from this company uh, at the sim racing expo. And he indicated that this is an actual ABS module from an actual car. Uh, there's nothing special about it. They just basically strapped it onto their pedals and uh, boom, we have ABS.
2: Yeah. That's essentially how they're,
1: most of them are going to go about doing it is, is using uh, real world hardware for it. So, I guess scalpers are getting a little bit uh, beat up on the, the RTX 480, 4080 as they are not able to uh, sell them and they're being told they can't uh, ref- get refunds on them.
3: Yeah, I saw this article on TechSpot and uh, posted it here for anybody that's looking for a card. So I know the 4090s are still difficult to find, but the 4080s, there's tons of them. And so um, they can't. They can't scalp them, so and they can't return them, so they're kind of stuck with them. I thought it was
0: kind of interesting. I wonder what they'll, say, you know, how down, how low will they go? Maybe you can get a deal. Like if if you can get a twelve hundred dollar card for maybe eight hundred, maybe it's a, a deal. Yeah, for sure.
4: That's funny. That's funny. It's kind of like buying a stock and watching it value fall. And you don't want to sell it. And you try You can't get your money back from it. And the price just keeps dropping and you're just stuck with it.
1: The real question is, can we do the same thing with Taylor Swift tickets? That's the problem with being a scalper. You win and
2: lose sometimes. deal with the scalper in my, my action figure world all the time, dealing with scalpers. So you win sometimes, you lose sometimes.
0: You know, I don't see at least anybody in our community buying these that I've seen. I mean, everyone's going for the 4090, not the 4080.
1: Yeah, the 3090 was a big ti was a big enough of a jump for me that uh, I won't need a 4000. I don't think I might start looking in the 5000s or 6000s. Mike, next up we have a review uh, 2022 SimTag Ashley. This is another hydraulic pedal set. I think you missed one. Did I? I did. Uh, well, this one's a, definitely a Steve topic. Uh, XR now supports foveated f- rendering, or it says supported, so I guess it always did.
3: Yeah, this was another article. Um, you can go to our show notes, and there's a link you can click on it and, and go read it. It's quite lengthy, but it uh, it talks about how your eyes work um, with with a vr or actually anything you're looking at screen so it was quite quite interesting that they were talking about you know resolution isn't necessarily you know the highest resolution isn't necessarily the best for uh, vr because the cones in your eyes and the rods and how they work so um i won't go into great detail because we got a lot to talk about but if if you're interested in finding that out go uh, go to the website and go to show notes and click on the link
1: well, it's pretty simple. Instead of having one unique resolution everywhere, you only need the high resolution right in the center, basically right where you're staring. And then it can sacrifice the resolution to the point that it's basically blurry for every everything off, off the side, everything that would be in your peripheral vision. You just don't need, you need to see objects there, but you don't need to see any detail because our eyes can't see any detail. So by it splits it into zones or whether, whether you're using open VR or open XR, it just splits it into zones and you have a really high resolution in the center and you have really low, low resolutions on the outside. So if you've installed this, if you don't turn your head and you just turn your eyes and look in the corner, you can see how much foggier and fuzzier it is. Yeah, that's a good explanation. And that by sacrificing that resolution in those outer zones, it frees up GPU.
3: I wonder, um, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the new, uh, new uh, headsets are coming out with eye tracking. So I wonder if that will help, you know, as far as uh, resolution goes, because it's going to be following your eyes. So you're not going to have any of that blurriness going anywhere.
1: Well, then the question is, is tracking the eye and then making all those adjustments, how much is that going to actually put more demand on the system?
4: Yeah, I would think so because then you'd have to you'd have to have to have FOV moving around as your eyeballs move. You would think that would make it difficult.
2: Yeah, because if you tilt your head right but look left,
1: I mean, what's that going to do to it? <laughs> You're doubling it up, doubling it up. Now it doesn't have any problem when you tilt your head adjusting because because I'm always looking into every apex pretty much so or i um i don't really have to look at ovals so so often because usually the jrt spotter is pretty handy you just you don't even have to peek and see if you're actually moving ahead of the guy or not
4: i, I, I was checking to see if that varro aero had any black friday specials so they it didn't it's still 1990 something it's still two grand for that headset
3: they did have a cu- coupon for 300 bucks off on it uh just after thanksgiving
1: and isn't that just the headset that you have to have land landers yeah. on that? One? Yep. And hand controls if you need that. All right, go ahead and hit it, Mike. We got a 3D set or a, a hydraulic three pedal set.
0: Tag, Yeah, they have a 2022 edition. They call them the Hi- Ashley Hydraulic. And um, very similar to what they've offered in the past, uh, $2,190.00. Uh, this is in direct competition with Sim uh, Coaches pedal, hydraulic pedals. Uh, I believe, um, not quite a, as adjustable. Like there's no way to move the width between the the, the three different pedals. It looks like it's stationary. Um, they're all hooked together. I don't think you can invert these. They have to be floor mounted. Uh yeah. But they're Willwood pedals. Yeah.
2: You know, honestly, these are my favorite pedal design, the Tiltons. Uh, I got to hold the the RFK set a, a few weeks or about a month ago, and uh, just an awesome feel. Um, I'm not a huge fan of that, whatever they're calling that thing in the back, how you adjust the the pressure of the brake. That big old can kind of looks a little goofy, but I don't know. Oil can. Yeah. The pedal set from what I saw in person and what I've, you guys still there? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, my thing flashed out. But uh it looks pretty spot on to, to a real set and uh just looks in my opinion pretty good.
3: Well, one thing about these and and Mike had mentioned these I think last week, um, that they were working with D box, and so that's what made me interested in trying to find these pedals. Um I couldn't find the review from these is 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 from uh i believe last year so i couldn't find anything that they're supposed to work with the d box but i heard somebody else talking about these pedals and they are supposed to work with the haptic feedback from the d box so it's not real clear on that
1: all right next we have an update about a stuttering problem with windows 11 in fact it's a fix There's a quick heads up that the next Windows update, I'm not reading the number, should fix the issue with Windows 11.22h2 for Windows Mixed Reality users, which basically means no more need to manually turn off the event tracking. It's a manual update, and you must go into Windows Update and check for the updates, then select and download install manually. The automated update will be pushed next month.
0: Does this fix the problem we talked about earlier that a lot of VR people are having with FPS?
1: I would be surprised if they knew about the this problem coming out for iRacing when it just happened two days ago. I, there's no yeah. way that's correlated.
4: Yeah,
3: this issue's been going on for quite a while um, with, Windows, right. with Windows 11. And you could go in and actually turn off the holographic shell. There's a, you know, if you don't do the update, there's a, a forum posting down here on telling you how to do it. But you've got to do it. You have to do it every. If you turn off the holographic shell, um, you have to do it every time you start up Windows. It doesn't. It doesn't turn it off forever.
0: All right, we're gonna skip the rest of hardware and jump to results. Let's talk the Winter NIS first. It was Nashville, Friday open. I was car number 21 out of 23 top split. Wow. I ended up P18. Probably about what I deserved. Uh, I was in there with the fixed set. Saturday fixed I ran. Uh, P18, again, top split. Matt Busa, Coke driver was in there. He won the race, of course. I ran about 15th uh, most of the race, but I faded a little bit on the last run. I kind of suck at Nashville. I wasn't very good there. Sunday open, Donnie, you ran P14.
2: Yeah, I qualified P13, P14. Um, It was a ho-hum race. I remember slowing up for a yellow and getting hit in the rear and spun around and having to deal with that. Wasn't my favorite track, but I got the hang of it as the race went on. But uh, it just felt weird driving those cars on that kind of a concrete track. So I'm hoping for a better outcome with Charlotte this week.
0: Yeah, so let's move on to Wednesday Open. Charlotte, much more comfortable for me. I, uh, top split again, car number 26 out of 27. I ran 10th to 15th through the first half of the race. They had six different cautions that were mainly caused by one guy. Once he left, it went green from there. Uh, And I fell back to about 18th after a long green flag run and and two runs. That's a funny theme
2: that will come up later. (laughs)
0: All right. uh, Other racing I ran. Now I've been off work for a while and I've been running a lot of racing, so I'll bounce through it real quick. Chris McGuire, 87 cars at Talladega, went from the back to the front, led some laps, but got wrecked out. When I tried to push somebody, my bad. Apparently, you can't push in these cars. Uh, Week 13 GT3 Challenge, Virginia uh, International, excuse me, it was uh, not Virginia, it was uh, Sebring, I believe, in the Ferrari. Uh, Went ninth to seventh on the first lap, but wrecked real hard on the second. I towed it and took the quick fix, came out and rallied back to seventh. I had a 27. After towing, I still got a seven. Uh, that's how a week 13 is. Uh, next was Cogan the new Toyota GR86. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. I told you that, that was fun. Uh, Volkswagen Beetle Light at Daytona Rallycross, started P2, ended up winning the race, my second win of the week. I had a 10 second post-race penalty for bad exit on the Joker, but I still won the race because I gapped the field by over 11 seconds. I ran it again, qualified P3, got dumped before even getting to turn one, was dead last, but rallied to P6. Next was the Pro 2 light trucks at Limeland, qualified dead last, everyone qualified. Uh, I was 17 cars, I ended up P12. Then I ran the McLaren GT3 car at Sebring, started out 24 out of 25, got to P6 by the end of lap one. Literally 24th to sixth in one lap uh eventually got to p4 uh then i started 15 out of 27 got to 8th by the end of the first lap and got to highest third before finishing fourth lots of fun doing that winter league race monday night i was wrecked out steve p15 yeah um had
3: a good qualifying spot i think i was seventh or eighth or something and uh, anyways, it's a good fun race. Um, those guys were super fast. Um, I was in, I think I was in thir- 12th or 13th with five to go and got loose coming off four and went through the, all the way through the grass and popped up right behind uh, David there and uh, followed him to the uh, finish line for 15th. But it was a fun race, first race I finished, so I was pretty tickled
0: with that. All right, David, P14.
1: Yeah, some of the cautions didn't fall our way, and there was a couple of other things that, oh yeah, I just, cautions didn't fall our way, uh, so a few guys had fresher tires than us, and it kind of paid off on the the long run for them. Uh, add to that, I sucked at green flag pit stopping, um, and add to that, I just didn't do a good job of saving my tires here, and, you know, just kind of a ho-hum, middle-of-the-road finish. right.
0: On VRL Cup, Brian, Las Vegas P12.
4: Yeah. So, uh, was it Las Vegas in the Cup cars? I started D5, not a bad, um, qualifying run for me. Um, and I was fast in early runs. Um, I was able to keep up with the lead guys, but, um, once my tire started to wear, um, the car got super loose. Everybody's on the same, it's a fixed, fixed setup. So everybody's on the same setup, but, um, once the tires started going, especially the rears, it was so hard to get around that track without spinning out. Um, and I actually, on two separate occasions, you know, coming off a of turn two, gave it a little too much throttle and kind of, kind of lost it and came down. I didn't didn't spin out, but you know, we went down to the towards the fence and lost a lot of spots. And uh, that's pretty much how the whole race was for me. Um, but I wound up saving it to uh, a P12, which was okay i'm not too too disappointed with that um so not a bad race i think we had one caution early and uh stayed green for the rest of the race which was pretty pretty impressive since how, how difficult that car got to drive after the tires wore. um and uh yeah congratulations to um uh, josh Ro- josh he um he won the thing by like 10 seconds he just destroyed everybody he was amazing in that race josh Robinson.
0: Okay, hey, let's jump to final thoughts then. Brian McCubbin, you're up first.
4: Um so yes, I'm so happy Lincoln came out in this in iRacing. Um you know, it's my favorite track. I've been to it many times. Uh, I've actually raced on it a couple times. Um so and you know, racing it, you know, after after, you know, I got everything under control and started racing around there. I got a nostalgic feeling. Like I was actually, you know, it's, it felt so familiar that it was almost, it was very similar to being there. It was amazing. so, you know, there's a couple issues with it, but, um, you know, they got the, the lights fixed already, which is awesome. But, you know, I've been racing, uh, dirt racing games for a long time, since the days of Ratbag uh, rat bag and the, and the sprint car races back then for, you know, 15 years. And no, no, nobody's ever put this track on the schedule, even though it's, you know, fairly, it's fairly pop, really popular, um, and a, and a big track. And it was, um, and I'm just when, whenever they put a Pennsylvania track, they always think of Williams Grove first because it's a huge track and they hold the biggest, biggest events there. But Outlaws and the All Stars all go to Lincoln. It's it's not to be uh it's not to be dismissed as a second rate track just because it's in the same state as Williams Grove. But it's it's awesome being on there. I'm so happy that 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 this this uh this track has come to racing.
1: All right, very cool.
4: David Hall, final thoughts.
1: Couple of things. Number one, save the web interface or fix the <laughs> fix the UI, man. The beta UI. I agree with you there. There's just still too many simple, basic s- functions that got that are got to be put in. Uh, number two, I'm in, uh, I'm going to miss the nine one nine, but it's going to be interesting trying to learn this BMW c- car. Uh, it's going to change up what I run in the series. I think I'm actually going to start playing in the two one seven for the European series and then running the BMW over in the M's series, just to get a feel for each of them. Uh, as we're all tr- trying to decide which one we end up running.
0: Yeah. And I'll probably buy that BMW tonight and try it.
1: I did miss a result. We did, uh, the last race in the nine one nine, me and Cody Richardson ran a P four at, uh, Fuji that track we learned, uh, we we had a couple of small incidents, but the three guys that beat us were like three thousand eye reading aliens. So it was probably where we were going to finish. Right, Donnie Spiker. Final thoughts?
2: Ah, not much. I just been spending as much time as I can this week uh, with that dirt midget at the Chili Bowl. Completely lost and humbled, and hopefully as the week's gone on, I've I've actually gotten better. So that's a good sign. But uh, actually looking forward to running it next week. Looking forward to NIS. And next week uh, starts uh, season three, or season one of 2023. 20, so we'll be running the GT4 series and the GT3 IMSA, IMSA series. So getting ready for Daytona.
0: Yeah. All right. Uh, Greg Hectus, final thoughts.
2: Uh, just sorry about that, guys.
6: I'm um, just looking forward to, uh, I guess we got Nashville on Monday night for uh, – winner series. So that'll be a, a good, uh, good race. Um, and just excited to try some of the new stuff here in the, uh, the build and, uh, get racing this weekend.
0: All right. Very good. Steve Thompson, final thoughts. Yeah. I got a nice, uh,
3: letter from Jill Sandfield of uh, DRE. Um, he heard the, heard us talking about his, his, uh, digital race engineer software on, uh, on the podcast last week. And, uh, anyways, he's extending his Black Friday sale, um, to December 31st now, just because he's, he's had some good action from, uh, from the podcast more downloads and stuff. And, uh, he just, he had some good, uh, some good tips on, uh, you know, learning the uh, commands. Um, he just said to make a cheat sheet that shows the most used commands, and, uh, which really doesn't help you if you're in VR, but maybe you can memorize those if, if we're smart enough, <laughs> which I, I've got like three memorized. Um, and, um, he says that, uh, that it's, ex- that the software is extending the logic on the, uh, on the software. So the more, the more it listens to you, the more it learns, which is really interesting. So anyways, um, it was a nice letter from, uh, Egil, So thanks EJIL, And hopefully you guys will go download and try his software and, uh, looking forward to running Nashville this week with uh, the winter series. I didn't get too much. That's the only race I've got to run this week. So, um, I'll be practicing there. That's pretty much it.
0: All right, very good uh my final thoughts uh been off work and i spent all my money on a semi-cube wheelbase project so i don't have anything to do uh because i'm trying to recover from that financially so i'm just staying home and racing and uh, i've been running a bunch i'm feeling more confident with my formula wheel my cube controls uh running gt3 and open wheel and all kinds of different road stuff and, and having fun. I, I had a couple wins this week and, uh, enjoying it, uh, prompted me to go take a look at overall wins versus official wins. I'm at 88 official 260 overall. Um, David, you told me the overalls don't ma- don't matter, but uh, I feel like to know what the number is.
1: Yeah, I like to remember every uh, touchdown I scored in junior high and yard ball games too. Those are those are really important.
6: Every, every one of my beer league, every practice league, touchdown uh, saves, right? Hey,
2: and,
0: you know, those two sixty could be league races wins too. You know, except or,
2: except they're not. Or every race session where <laughs> were you were the only one in it, maybe that went unofficial.
1: Most of them were yeah, Delara Dilar- Dash and and uh, stuff like that. See, I was talking. Uh, I, I
6: mentioned another thing back in the early years of iRacing. Lots of races went unofficial when you wouldn't get eight. Uh, I think it was eight people um, in it, and uh, you'd, you'd see seven. You're like, "Come on, one more person or two to join, so we can get this race official." But it's like, and then you went and then you, you know, you're going up against eight other people in a hundred lap race or two hundred lap race, and it just, it just sucked back then. Uh, It's great to see car counts now where you don't have to worry about that a lot of the time, but uh, I guess we'll uh, count on official weeks, right, Mike?
0: Well, it's just a number, uh, just like any other number. I like to look at them, though, but pretty cool. uh, Enjoying the wheelbase, man. I I can't tell you how great it is. Um, I've really gotten into it's easy to switch back and forth from the oval to the formula. I, I know exactly what to do in the software and everything it's it's quick it's painless um, and it works like a charm i love it so with that hey we'll see you on the track later thank you for listening to the Racers Lounge podcast make sure you go to subscribe to us on itunes soundcloud or google play facebook and twitter see you on the track